Excellent. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. I am your host, Elijah Rodriguez, and today we are here with strength and conditioning specialist, Adam Trevino. What's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? Doing well. Just caught a pump this morning. Caught a fat pump. 6 a.m. Well, typically we got 6 a.m. Yeah, a little later today. A little later today. A little bit later. All right, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from where you're from and, and kind of your history and your past with this with who we are here? Because I know you have a <laughs> a pretty good experience with us here. Yeah, yeah. I used to work at Team Express for a while. I know uh, Elijah picked me up when uh, basically I had nothing left in terms of what to do for a job. So came out with the team um, for Team Express. Started doing a couple, a uh, couple of call center things. Uh, Elijah was actually my boss. So yeah, <laughs> was, you, you were yeah. actually my boss. Yeah, that was back. That was a long time ago. That was what 2018. 2018. So I had just graduated college. Yeah, I was. So I got my degree from University of Texas at Austin and didn't even know what I wanted to do. And basically, long story short, I was kind of like, I was actually fixing up softball fields, which is another job. That yeah, I did that too. I did that too. Yeah. yeah. So you, I was fixing up softball fields. And then directly after that, I had gotten in trouble for um, adding more hours than I was actually working and was didn't mess. have a job. And I had just gotten an apartment and then... I couldn't afford the apartment, in which case then I ended up going to Team Express yeah. and helping out in the call center. Um, but yeah, that's essentially how I kind of got you know to the team on in, in terms of Team Express and Baseball Express, and then just kind of gradually, you know, ended up moving over to the uh, team sales side, just doing calls yeah. there and I don't know. sales. Yeah, it was still fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was very, very, very brief. Yeah, it didn't period last of time because then COVID happened, and then yeah, it was about else. it was about a year, right? Yeah, it'd have been about a year. I think maybe just a little less, a little yeah. less than a year. Yeah, but, and then COVID struck, and then COVID struck, and then I lost my job. <laughs> That's basically that. <laughs> and then I was done. It was done. That's it. Um, so you, so you, you, you worked here for a bit, and then you, you got furloughed. You know, every, I mean, you and millions upon millions yeah. of other people, yeah. right? Um, and then what was your, kind of, what was like your, your initial reaction? And I was like, okay, and then you got into what you're doing now, but what was like the, the, the initial thoughts like going into that? Yeah. Um, it was basically, you know, I was kind of just prepping. I mean, obviously, you know, I wasn't going to make, you know, team sales something that I was going to do long-term. So I was pursuing my strength and conditioning certification, uh, studied, I mean, you know, like over a year for that. Yeah. Um, in fact, the, the whole exam is actually for first time test takers. There are more people that pass the Texas bar exam the first time as opposed to the strength and conditioning yeah. certification. And it's, I think maybe I want to say like 55 to 60% of first time Texas bar association test takers yeah. pass CSCS strength and conditioning certification was like 40 to 50% or 40 to 45%. Yeah. So it was actually like 10%, five to 10% more difficult to pass the CSCS the first time around than it is the Texas bar exam. So yeah. I took it first time around. I Failed. didn't pass. <laughs> and I had to end up pretty much uh, doing um, in like an in-person. But you passed the first part. Because like no. they split it in two pieces, split it right? in two. I didn't, yeah. I didn't pass either, either side. Crystal was the one that failed one and passed one, right? And then mm -hmm. she had to take the other half. Okay. But she, pa she failed both of them the very first time around. Yeah. Yeah. So she took well, it three times. Didn't she not study that she could just go in there and take it? Yeah, she just hopped in and took it and then <laughs> didn't pass. And then Quickly. The second time we actually studied, but it was just on her own. She yeah. passed the first half, didn't pass the second. I didn't pass either side. Yeah. Then we had to end up going to an in-person like presentation and coaching yeah. seminar, in which case then we ended up 
kind of passing. Well, I feel like so. it's like the, it's really subjective information specific to their, to their like wanting, like you have to answer, like there may be like multiple right answers, mm-hmm. but it has to be their specific right answer. Yeah. hundred percent. It was it's just weird. the way the exam layout is. It, I, I mean, does it correlate to anything that I do now? No. <laughs> very, very small amount, just like the basics. Yeah. But yeah, it's all correlated towards this sort of information that NSCA, National yeah. Strength and Conditioning Association, that's what they want. And it was like, okay, well, that's what made it so difficult. It wasn't yeah. just like the information of like, you know, doing a bench press or like a bent over row and like, you know, figuring out reps. Wasn't weird, that easy? Yeah. Or like actually helping clients with weight, weight loss or weight gain or anything like that. It's not the same. It's not all. the same. It's not even, there's nothing about, I mean, there's stuff about nutrition, mm-hmm. and, but it's not to the point where like you can calculate macros or work on a, right. on a diet or street program. It's like not the same. It was strictly geared towards also working with athletes. Yes. So oh, yeah, strength and conditioning. All yeah. different sort of athletic backgrounds, whether it's like, um, you know, cross country, track and field, baseball, yeah. basketball, football, swimming, any other sport. It was all basically, like, they would ask questions on all different types of sports. It wasn't just like, yeah. weight loss and like building muscle and just general, in a general sense. Yeah. Well, fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. So that, and, then, and then what you do now is you train people online, right? You have online mm-hmm. clientele. Yeah. So essentially I focus on, so kind of just a little bit of background and I'm sure we'll probably get into it, but essentially, um, you know, after you and I basically started getting into like weightlifting training post baseball right. kind of era. Right. Um, I mean, at least competitive baseball yeah. era we were, I mean, I just kind of continued to go to the gym, failed a lot and just kind of fell in love with the process of just learning and trial like, and error, yeah. trial and error learning. And just kind of, you know, after spending some time exercising, lifting, people were asking me what I was doing. I would help them out kind of kind of thing. And then long story short, you know, I just fell in love with the process and then teaching people how to do it and learning about their bodies, learning to train their, you know, their bodies, learning to lose weight. And so essentially kind of just gravitated towards training people in person, um, in which case, you know. Obviously, whenever you're training people in person, there's lots of scheduling conflicts. You only have so many hours in a day. Yeah. Just ended up transitioning to an online space to, to where I can basically have, you know, a better impact or more of an impact to a larger audience, yeah. a, a larger amount of people. Um, and of course, you know, be able to have the flexibi- flexibility and the freedom to work where I'm able to, yeah. right? Work where I can. I don't have to be anywhere and meet anybody. Yeah. Um, it was just easier that way. So I ended up transitioning everything to like an online space. That's fair. I mean, g- doing, doing in-person is a lot. It's a lot. It takes more out of you. And it's like, you can do, you can, your clientele will expand because you don't have to be in one exact space the whole time you're doing your, your business. It's yeah. Like, you can train people literally anywhere in the whole, in the world. And the thing is like, you know, most people think they need to have in-person instruction, but who are the types of people that are getting in-person instruction? It's probably beginners, right? Yeah. Oh Yeah. If you can move your arms and if you can move your legs, if you can do a squat in place or a quarter squat in place, you can move your arms, right? Like a lever. Yeah. Those are the only exercises you should be doing to begin with, right? Fair. Yeah. Anything past that point, I think they're just variations. Yeah. So that's what made the transition from in-person to online very simple. It's like, look, you don't need in-person instruction. You just need to understand the structure of the workouts. Yeah. Like more, most importantly. And then secondly, the technique and form with very basic movements. Oh, yeah. The idea is just to get in the gym first, yeah. right? And then actually exercise. That's people's biggest problem, I think. That's the biggest problem. And yeah. so it wasn't the in-person stru- instruction that people needed. It was the structure of the workout and the ability to push yourself to a certain intensity, you know, 
within their program that they're yeah. doing. You know, they don't need to be doing crazy exercise in the gym. They need to learn, they need to learn how to exercise first with basic, simple technique. Yeah. So the structure of the online training was very simple in that sense. Nice. Well, there so. you go. So if you're looking for personal training, here it is. Right? <laughs> but anyway, so let's talk like, okay, so for and you haven't touched on it, you did play baseball your entire life. Yeah. So that's 100%. the other thing. You know, you did, you were an athlete pretty much your whole life, all the way through high school and then until your arm exploded. Yeah. So my arm technically, well, it was technically my shoulder. It was the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was technically shoulder, but it was more so like, I want to say like back of my shoulder blade that was having pain. Labrum. Yeah. Probably labrum kind of area. I, I mean, you've heard it. Yeah, it still like kind of cracks, cracks and stuff. It's definitely scar tissue. It's yeah. It's, it's kind of just jacked up and um, yeah, played baseball pretty much my entire life. My entire life was, you know, associated with baseball. Um, but the thing was like, whenever I was wanting to go and play competitively, I was just such a small guy. Like yeah. I was just so small compared to everyone else. Um, you know, I was competitive, but we all were small. <laughs> right. Right. Like even now. Yeah. hundred percent. And it just, you know, I was extremely overlooked by other people that were just much bigger, much taller, stronger, you know, um, I would even say to an extent like work ethic too. Like I yeah. didn't know the level of the extent of work ethic Yeah, and yeah, just throughout that time, it was more so just like kind of like I was good enough. Yeah. And when I was good enough, like I did good. Yeah. I didn't think I needed to do more than that. Mm -hmm. I didn't think to do more than that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, there was a point in time where I wanted to play at the, at the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. You knew that. I mean, I wanted to go play at Triner University, you know, was going to talk to the coach there, was going to go and play last minute back down. So <laughs> just didn't, it didn't feel, I, I don't know, like that, that program. It didn't feel right. Yeah. It, it just, just didn't weird. feel yeah. right. And I wasn't about to have my family or myself drop 30K plus yeah, on an education that is you know, from a division three school. Yes. You know, it didn't make sense. No, it didn't make sense. No, so. but I mean, so, so, you know, you play, that's funny you bring that up. Cause when we played, you know, you look at like how, like you look at athletes now, like all these pro guys or college mm -hmm. or high school kids, and they're mm -hmm. just monsters because I think mm -hmm. that fit like physical fitness and strength is way bigger now than it was back then. Like we, now they have classes, like, especially in private school, we didn't have class. We just went to like, went to actual school. We didn't have a friggin' baseball period or a baseball yeah. class or like weightlifting. Like it was like everything was optional. It was pretty mm -hmm. much on your own. I know in like public school, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. But for us, I man, we didn't have anything. No. Like no strength training. Did you see that new high school that was just built in um, like North Dallas? It's It's been like literally posted everywhere. It's like, um, I forgot what it's called, like West, like West Creek Grove or something grove west creek I, I don't think it's west creek it's it's north of dallas just look up new high school um indoor football facility indoor football facility yeah yeah jesus it, it's it's a high school in north dallas and they completely renovated this place and the athletics area is just completely like renovated like state of the art yeah right here in north texas oh is that no that's north tech that's actually north texas. no 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 it's a high school it's a high school um i forgot the name of it i forgot what city it's in south lake carroll no 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 well they have an look at that they have a whole indoor facility okay we, what's funny is like even football like lufkin in lufkin texas mm -hmm. they had an indoor football mm -hmm. facility what the heck is that yeah well that's the thing so like a lot of these schools are now starting to, like you're saying, 
focus on so much more of the facility strength and conditioning piece yeah. of training yeah. when it comes to, you know, the athletics portion of their program, right? right? Like the first thing kids want to see is what? The weight room. The weight room. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like I when mean, you go on, to go on a college visit, it's like, first thing you want to look at is the facilities you're going to train in, you're going to work. It's the same. Now it's like transitioning into high school now. Right. hundred percent. And, and this place looks like a freaking college. It looks like a college, like, you know, facility. Yeah. It looks like something out school. of, and it's high school, man. I mean, that's like, I mean, Central has a really nice weight room now too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's essentially the same thing. Right. They're just investing all this money in strength. Because like, that's where all the money, like, if you think about it as, as an athlete, the money, like where you're going to get money to go to college, if you're an athlete, you have a chance to get your entire college paid for. So it's like, why not, why would you not capitalize on that? Yeah. And try to build yourself as the best athlete to get the best offers to go and get a free education. Okay. I found it. You found it? Walnut Grove Wildcats. <laughs> Walnut Grove Walnut. High School. Walnut Grove High School? Walnut Grove High School. Let's see. And I'm telling you, like, holy crap. This, this, oh my God. What the heck? Look at their basketball court. That's what I'm talking about. It That's got to be bigger than the junior college basketball court. Right? Oh, it's much bigger. It, it is literally, they have an entire like mall. Oh my God. And like restaurants, but I'm, I'm, what I'm it's like a Barnes and Noble inside yeah. the school. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane. So, that's what I'm saying. It's like, holy shit. Schools are now taking into account the fact that strength and conditioning, training, facilities, state of the art equipment, that sort of stuff is like the number one, like biggest factor when it comes to like, dude, look know, at their football stadium. It's like a college. Dude, it's what literally the like a college. Hell? Yeah. They have a whole jumbotron. Mm-hmm. ESPN like shared their information that is completely oh renovated. Gosh. And they just like, I think started school like this past week. Dude, that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That is insane. It's insane. Dude. ESPN. It's like all ESPN articles about this place. Yeah. And I think Jeez. just kind of just going back to my background and going back to where we were at, where was the strength and conditioning oh. piece? I had to go. I went to go get my own outside. I had to go. Like that was the only That was a very smart, very, very smart thing to do. Yeah. Right. But I would say for most of us, we were just pretty much following whatever oh. coach was putting on the board, yeah. which was. If we even went. If we that, even went. Yeah. And so as the level of like, you know, background and studies and everything that went into like injury prevention and training and all that sort of stuff, as that started to come into fruition and like all the studies mm-hmm. on that kind of came out, all of these schools doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on the facilities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Central is a perfect example. Oh, of that. dude, Central's dude. Look at the football field. It's like they've made so many renovations. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's Benson that's putting all the money in there, but still having someone yeah. to put that much money into a high school field yeah. in Texas, in the middle of downtown San Antonio, mm-hmm. is like that's next level, dude. Yeah, that's. I mean, the freaking weight room, bro. The weight room that they built. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, it's like insane. Mm-hmm. It's like state of the art. Everything's brand new. Mm-hmm. Logos essentially. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's our like weight all room, hammer strength. <laughs> our weight room when I was in high school, literally all hammer strength stuff. Yeah, when we were in high school, it was like a, there were cockroaches and rats, and the bars <laughs> were falling apart. They, they probably got the bars from like literally the junkyard, dude, and was, like just said like, all right, here we got some extra pieces. I found looks like it had been like weather rusted for like ten years. Oh and then yeah. we got it and it smelt like metal. It just smelt it's horrible smelled in there. Terrible. There was bugs crawling all over the yeah, balls, rusted mold, window unit AC. You know what's funny is that now it's a classroom. That's a classroom now. Yeah. It's well, we freaking, went by, remember? Yeah, it's a classroom, bro. It's yeah. weird. I don't yeah. know. It's just the, the the way high school is operating. But like even more so, dude, like 
like the 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 focus for like like just for example so you've seen our videos we got to genesis mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. all those college kids and mm-hmm. high school kids are all training like velo training mm-hmm. there was no velo training when we were in high school dude mm-hmm. no yeah like essentially there was like these camps i knew a couple guys and the only reason i knew about them was because when i was at angelina there were guys who went there over the summer and it was mm-hmm. called like the speed ranch or something yeah and there was this guy who just trains these dudes and makes them throw really hard, which mm-hmm. it did work. But that was like very uncommon at the time. Now mm-hmm. there's like driveline, there's like top velocity, there's Genesis here in San Antonio. All these there's companies, Jimmy Gonzalez all buildings. is here too. It's like there's yeah. all these facilities, DST, like all these mega facilities that are like training high school and college kids to just be like better athletes. And I'm like, this didn't exist. And the thing is, like now, whenever you're getting that sort of training, like I know for for me, just like whenever I'm using the hit tracks, yeah. right? The you know, and I'm hitting I'm hitting baseballs. And I'm seeing how far I'm hitting it and how fast I'm hitting it. Yeah. It makes me want to keep showing up mm-hmm. and doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if we're just like in the cage, sitting just on swinging, the tees, yeah. swinging for an hour, yeah, you don't really see this. It's not the same. It's not the same. But we didn't have. To. You know, it's not the same. <laughs> I know. And so, like for a majority of us, even for us, you know, as well, like you had to have serious, serious discipline to go oh, in yeah. and train every single day. You know, you got, you got nothing to track your hitting, your speed, your velo, none of that. You got to have like just pure discipline mm-hmm. with what you were doing back then. Yeah. Nowadays, like, dude, they're, tr- like I said, tripling down on like the, the scientific stuff, like, you know, the technology, the training facilities, yeah. all the different types of availability in terms of like training for oh, yeah. baseball or, you know, when it, any other sport too, it's just, it's insane. I don't, I don't know why, like, I don't know why it took them so long to like really start to invest like in, in like all this technologically advanced stuff. I think like when I was going, I think the most we had, like when I was like already, like I was already about done and I was training, I think like the most like technologically advanced thing we had was like power pads, like to to power power output, like where you, like you jump, like you, when you, you're like squatting and you jump up in the air and it it measures how 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 much power you're. But that's outputting. not even but directly, even then, it's not directly baseball no, related. It's not. It's not baseball that was related. like what well, that was 2017. So that was like the probably like the beginning of like how people were going to start measuring stuff. I think the biggest like it was not even like technologically advanced, but the biggest kind of thing that I thought was like state of the art at the time was like that arm sleeve that had the ice like connected <laughs> on the elbow and the shoulder, yeah, yeah. like that you would put in the freezer and you would yeah. take out and like you'd never had to use ice again because yeah, you, you just, had that thing. That it's, was pretty much the level. <laughs> so you don't need it. So that, but, but the thing, like with your arm, with yeah. that kind of sleeve that you yeah, wear, that's what it reminds you, right? It yeah. reminds me yeah. of that, but it's not that. It just, yeah. the it just all these other, yeah, the kinetic arm. Right? Yeah, literally has all these different stuff to protect you, injury prevention, train, and yeah. you have visible, like, An data. Actual, yeah, yeah, you, you have, have data thing. to look at now. Yeah, right? it's like you can see that. You can see if you're progressing. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like I think like also like this other thing is like we weren't like when we played, we played so much because that's what we thought we were supposed to do mm-hmm. was like play all the time. Yeah, because we did. It. We played year round. It was like you play summer ball, then you go into the fall ball, and then you play spring, mm-hmm. which is like your high school season, and you have like a week off, and then you start all over again, just play and play and play and play. And I think that's what hurt us the most. Right? Oh, like, I think that's when the arm exploded. Yeah, I, yeah. I never stopped playing. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason. There's a there's an off season. Yeah, kids don't get that though because their dads want them to play all the time. There's a reason there's an off season. <clears throat> and yeah, that's huge. I mean, when you're set to pit, I mean, look at the MLB and the way they're structured. Granted, they have a super long season, but they have a huge rotation, huge rotation, right? Oh, yeah. And they're spending weeks in between each each rotation, yeah. right? I mean, but the thing is, like, when whenever you're on two, three teams at a time, like we were trying to get the yeah. reps in, we were pitching every two to three days. 80 to 100 pitches. Or playing pitches. a second position. Or playing right. a second yeah. position, yeah. right? You were never sitting down. You yeah. never you never sat on the bench. Like, And it was cyclical. So yeah. like 
it was summer, it was winter, like you never gave your body no, a rest. It was never a break. Which is another reason why you probably didn't end up strength training to begin with as well. Yeah. You were so freaking just, playing, just yeah. you're playing, you're tired, you wanted to rest. Like you didn't think about doing mobility stuff or are you stretching or no, things that are really important to actually just developing like, you know, your arm, you know, increasing velo with your arm, like taking care of your arm, taking care of your body. Oh yeah. Knowing what to eat. Like, dude, that way I had no idea if I knew half the things and this, that, that's just more frustrating, mm-hmm. dude, is like, like nowadays, like I'm looking at like high school and college kids, like, and they have like these crazy diets. They're all jacked. They're mm-hmm. all built. I'm like, dude, like, I just ate whatever I was like given. I didn't, I wasn't like yeah. counting or like looking for protein intake or like making sure I was carving up before I went out to like a velo work, like a pitching session. Right. I didn't do any of that. We had Carl's Jr's before. Yeah. <laughs> we, we literally, <laughs> I was like, what, what are we biscuits, doing? Biscuits, biscuits and, and like, like hash browns, browns dude. Yeah. chocolate milk. Yeah. It was what, and yeah, you wonder why you like kind of felt like, <laughs> like crap. Time, like, yeah. yeah, you didn't feel good playing, eating like crap, not getting proper recovery, not training. Like, Man, there was just so much. There's there so was much. Bad, yeah. I mean, but at the end, at the end of the day, we still, we, were, we did what we did. We were all right. We were, we're right. Okay. That's we're what okay. I'm saying. Like, we still went out there. Like, oh, yeah. and, it, and that's right. Like, like I said, it was like good enough to be good. Yeah. You're you know, enough, we yeah. were both good, but it was just like to a level, it just. And then they just, you don't take into account the fact that there's just freaks. Yeah. There's just some monsters there's out there. There's just freaks. So like, yeah, so you're, so let me ask you this. So your college, when you wanted to play college, how was and obviously this is someone who didn't end up playing college. They obviously went a different route, but like how, how, what did you think of that recruiting process? The like recru- how, yeah. How did you go through that? I didn't have a recruiting yeah, process. Yeah. I'm saying that's the other thing. I want you to touch on that. So there was no recruiting process. There was no, it was solely, I mean, and I think I, I know that it's different today, but it's a lot different today. You know, there was, if you didn't reach out to a specific school coach, mm-hmm. You know, anybody that's involved like within like the scouting process, mm-hmm. like if you didn't reach out to them and like you weren't like an absolute freak, of course, mm-hmm. right? Which is like a good majority of everybody. Yeah. If you didn't end up reaching out to them and if you didn't get into contact with them, you know, they're not going to get in contact with you. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be seen. It's a much different time. You're not going to be seen. You're, I mean, I think the level, the extent of what you could place like in an online space was huddle. Mm-hmm. That right? was, that was one. I think the other one. So there was like, that was the other thing was like, you know, it's like you want to play college. It's like you play club, play select, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And then it's like, but then there's those other teams like like the Under Armour ones that go and play at these like crazy, but they cost an arm and a leg yeah. to play on. I went, like I went to one of those. Or like Perfect Game wasn't even really, I think Perfect Game was still big, but it wasn't at the level that it's at now. Now everyone knows Perfect Game and it's not invite only. You can pay to go to those things before yeah. play, Perfect Game was like, you have to be invited and all that stuff. Like yeah. back then it was like, you have to either reach out you have to be either really good. You have to hope that someone's going to come and like watch. You. That's, it was what, like, that's what I was going to touch on as well. Tough. Like there was just only, there was literally within the span of like the entire summer or I think like, yeah, spring to summer, mm-hmm. um, we were playing select or I guess like high school and then select. Yeah. Um, there was one game where a scout for St. Mary's just happened to be there yeah. and recruited three of our players. Mm-hmm from the team yeah and that was one of the games that i just didn't happen to play yes yeah, so and they stuck yeah. me in the outfield <laughs> nothing happened dude that's that's but that's the other thing is like like we were just hoping that like like somebody would show up because the only reason like mm-hmm. i like prime example the only reason i went to incarnate words because i caught that that prior game the last game of of our senior year and just so happened and, to be a scout. and it just happened to be that obviously we're playing craig biggio's team mm-hmm. so obviously there's going to be a bunch of scouts and that's in the stands that just, he just got moved to the minors did he really? He got I think dropped? so. Kevin? I, th- I think so. Damn. 
or one, of, or one of the Clemens, or one of the Clemens. I forgot. Oh, well, Clemens, up. no, Clemens. So the one of them is is done. The big one that mm-hmm. played because both of them, Cody and the other one, played at ET, right? Mm-hmm. Both of them played. Mm-hmm. The bigger one that played first, yeah, was playing indie ball. I think he's done. Okay, but Cody is still playing with the Tigers or the Phillies, one of the mm-hmm. two. So he's up there. Vigio is the third baseman for the the Blue Jays, but I think he has he's having Tommy John. I think. Oh, I think he's broken. Okay. <laughs> but you should honestly like okay. So I I told the story back like way back when we played that story of how I got recruited. But like I said that you were the guy that pitched against Craig Vigio and you were like a massive Craig Vigio fan. Yeah. How, <laughs> did you know we were gonna play them going into that game? Or did um, you just know we were playing St. Thomas. No, no, no. I I knew you that knew he was that the he head was coach. coach. Okay. He, I knew that he was the head coach. You like, nervous at all? Yeah. I mean, like this was like because. <laughs> We had, I think it was, was this the first game of our playoffs or second? Um, I think it was first or second. I think we lost in the first round. I think it had to have been. No, no, because it's one and done. It was a one and done. That's what I'm saying. Was that the first game? It had to have been. I think, yeah, it had to have been the first game. Yeah. Unless we won the previous, I don't remember. I don't think we did. Um, No, but we found out like maybe like two weeks before that game was going to happen that we were playing Craig Biggio's team (laughs) and that I I got the start. Yeah. And then obviously you're going to catch. And hell yeah, I was freaking nervous, dude. I was like, this was like my idol. Yeah. Like growing up, watched him playing my entire life. You know, really the main reason I'm a big Astros fan was just because of watching Craig Biggio and like first game ever when I was a kid, like watched Craig Biggio in person play. Anyways. um, Yeah, no, it was. That was actually the second time I played against Craig Biggio's team. Oh, I mean, you probably, yeah, you probably played him before. Played him a select at, uh, in League City at Big League Dreams. (laughs) Big League Dreams. Big, I forgot about Big League Dreams. It's weird. Yeah, it's literally like MLB stadiums, but like with fake fans. In with the fake fans, but they're like little, they're but like they're, kid, real, they're like baby. Fields. They're replicas. They're baby yeah. replica MLB stadiums with yeah. fake fans. There's one. There's one in California, and there's one here in okay. Lake City. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It is. Bad. It was all back turf. then. It was cool. Like they had like a like the stand. Like the seats were not even like bleachers. They were like actual. They like, were actual, like, actual seats. seats. Yeah. Like had an actual concession. Yeah, it was crazy. That well. yeah, that was the first place I ended up playing. I think I played them on the on the replica Boston Stadium, Fenway Park, Fenway Park. the monster, yeah, yeah. The, the green monster. It was like it was like maybe like like not even like <laughs> a third of the. It size. was like ten feet tall. It was so like a like, regular size fence. Yeah, it was like a regular size. <laughs> it wasn't actually the green monster, but they painted the whole wall green. Uh, yeah, Typical. yeah, that was the first place I played him at. But I didn't pitch. Actually, no, I did pitch. I pitched like an inning or two. Yeah, so like you probably just came yeah, we were just like side, like rotating out i don't think his son was playing on the team yet though i think he was still like kind of older or something i don't remember but he wasn't playing but he was the coach he was the coach and that's where i got probably playing up probably playing up yeah probably playing against 19 year olds when we were 10 Mm -hmm. and that's where (laughs) that's where i i got his uh his autograph in person that's nice yeah which was pretty cool um but yeah that second time was in high school yeah and that was my senior year and then yeah i pitched that game close game as you know um pretty much like only lost by like a run or two yeah because like that one dude hit a home hit run that one home run yeah that was the one yeah but it was like, like a crackerjack field man it was so yeah small. it was so small it was weird i still think about it to this day. <laughs> but the cool thing was like your dreams yeah we pitched or i pitched against uh biggio like i think he ended he up going like yeah for that game yeah he was over that game just throw him like 20 changes like all breaking balls i threw yeah we were literally just calling like sliders change ups yeah Yeah, just never feeding him anything nothing just grounded out i think he like popped up to like uh, second base yeah but yeah like craig biggio literally came up to me yeah shook my hand like looked me in the eyes like you know told me great game i was like 
you know, starstruck. You know? Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. That's it was, wild. It was a really cool experience for sure. Yeah, for sure. But that was yeah. that. But that game was like when I saw the most scouts because it's like every single one mm-hmm. of their players is going to get some yeah. go somewhere. Obviously, yeah. Gavin or Gavin or Gavin. I don't. I think it's Gavin went to like where you go Notre Dame. They got drafted in like the first round. I think yeah. and. I had a couple guys go play UTSA and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. There was a lot of scouts in that. Obviously, it's Craig Biggio. So it's like there's going to be yeah. scouts. He has connections out, out the ass. So it's like. Yeah. So going back yeah. on like what you're talking about in, ter- in terms of scouts, like, yeah, you just had to get lucky and play like a team with a relatively good player. Yeah. Or that's pretty much it. Yeah, you got to you got to yeah. reach out. You got to engage with the yeah. coaches, you know. But even then, it was kind of like I think like now, like now you can go to like perfect game stuff. You can go like they had like those school trials, like the UTSA one we went to. But the thing with those, like, and this is something I tell people bro, all the time, like those are all just money grabs because mm-hmm. that's where they. And I'll tell people, obviously, it's not bad for you to go out to these those school camps. Like it's okay, yeah, it's all right. But they're not like truly looking at you. It's all there. Like that's mm-hmm. why they're all college the players are there. Because it's a way for them to stay engaged, and it's like that's how they yeah. like things that a lot of people don't know is like those those school camps that they put on in the summer that are like showcase camps. Mm-hmm. That's how they pay their freaking assistants mm-hmm. because a lot of times they don't have the budget to pay the assistants. And how much were those? Um, oh, it was a hundred bucks for hundred hours. Yeah, like, some of them are expensive, dude. Yeah. Like I know that for a fact because like I, I I know guys that now coach college that are like working their way up through the ranks mm-hmm. to get to that point, and it's like that's how they get their money, or like that's an extra like paycheck for them over the summer. And my thing is like, like, you know, like a showcase is great, Mm -hmm. but like how much can you really learn about an individual in like the span of four hours? It's, it's solely off of that. And that's like what I think was broken a lot of times. That's why like, like you don't see so many of those showcases unless you're a pitcher. I mean, you can show everything. Right. That was going to say, if you throw, if you have high velo, you're throwing gas, like, of course you're going to be like that. hundred percent. It's like anywhere else. That's different. I mean, catching the same, you can catch and you can show what you can do right then. It's not really going to change, but for like position players, it's like, yeah, I can come out and have a hell of a day out of nowhere yeah. and drop like 10 bombs but then you throw like an actual pitcher like put me in a different day it's like i may not even be close to the same player yeah you're pretty I, much just going through fundamentals at that point like <laughs> dude it's you like got ground balls and you're throwing the first yeah, base yeah like i mean i guess yeah. you can look good i mean it's like i think that's why if you look at like scouting now and i know you're kind of like separated from it but like the way it's changed is like now you have guys that like when you go to like like there's literally like pages on instagram that i follow that are called like youth prospects or mm-hmm. like perfect game mm-hmm. and you're watching and you're they have like platforms where you can pay like 50 bucks and they'll yeah. make a post for you yeah and spread it mm-hmm. and be like uncommitted like hey this kid is like and then coaches are surfing the, those pages specifically to do that like that wasn't a thing yeah when yeah. we were in in high school and in college that didn't exist yeah like that's i think that's just that's, that's how much it's literally evolved. yeah literally influencer marketing yeah to an extent it is, it's yeah. influencer marketing you're paying for exposure mm-hmm. you're boosting a you know a video or a page or yeah. whatever it is like in terms of like your reach to get yeah. you know looked at by a certain scout coach yeah facility or not facility but uh organization program dude, it's like but like the, the point is like none of that existed no. like we could have it's a much more feasible thing to be like hey i'm really good don't have a place to play mm-hmm. or like i'm my stuff second year junior college i need to go to a four-year it's like i can just submit something to this guy and he'll push it off you know what i ended up doing when i was going to, to shriner and i totally forgot this happened but you know i remember i forgot the coach's name but um i think you remember brisbane brisbane like literally the only way he was able to see how good i was was that we had to bring like a manila envelope with like video footage from me pitching. That's weird, bro. Makes and it I had makes us feel like we're I old. like got it put it on his desk. <laughs> here you go. It's like here you go. It's like all right, we'll take a look at it. All right, see. You. <laughs> that's literally what it was. But see, that's the other thing, and that's just why I tell people all the time. Like, 
like for the example, like he probably wasn't expecting you to be there. He was like, I already have like people I recruited mm-hmm. who I wanted, who I have returning. Yeah. It's like, those are my team guys. So it's like prime example. Like, well, I, I'll say this story. Cause like we went to the UTSA camp, mm-hmm. right. But they held it two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Nothing against UTSA. I think they have a great program now, but it's like at the time, you know, Zane Growitz played at Churchill and then he went on to play at, at Texas. This is and a perfect then, example of that. And then he went on to, um, went on to go play with the angels for a while. Now he, his career is over, but it's like, that guy was good. He played pro ball for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. He went to the same camp that we went to and we knew guys, I actually knew guys that were already committed. who just went to the camp just to go to the camp. And I think <laughs> he was just like, I can go get some reps. I'm going to go to, cause he had already committed to Texas. Yeah. Like junior year. He couldn't hurt. Right. No, it couldn't hurt. Right. And then he, um, so he goes to the camp <laughs> and, he swings, hits balls off the wall, whatever. And then like <laughs> they came back and, and mind you, he had already been told he's going to Texas. Like yeah. he has been recruited, heavily recruited. Like, yeah. and UTSA told him that he was an average player, average tool, average tool. Like, uh, you're, you're okay. <laughs> it's like, what the dude's committed to play at Texas. And then he started this freshman year at, and text at Texas. Yeah, and UTSA, which is a, at the time was a much it's a much bigger much program smaller. now, much smaller. Not even in the conference USA. I think they were in like SWAC or something. It wasn't even. Like no, it big. was it was uh um it was the the Sun no no Sun Belt no shot. That's not, it wasn't Sun Belt. It wasn't Sun Belt. It was uh God, I forgot the name. It doesn't matter. It but was, it wasn't even Conference USA yet, and it was just like, how are you going to tell this guy? That means you were either weren't even watching, yeah, or you don't even care. What <laughs> either are a bad. Mm-hmm. And then you just told this guy he's not even good, which was just laughing. I remember he was just like laughing, like, yeah. this is a waste. Like, it, it was like one through five. They had a piece of paper, yeah, like with a pencil. Like, they yeah. circled three. Yeah, he was just like three all the way through. And it's just like. And they gave you the paper back and it has like a piece of paper with just like your numbers on it. That's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, the prime example, we went and I, I hit this. I hit the wall like six times <laughs> out of my 10. And you hit like a bunch of ground balls. And we rated. Hit. We rated exactly I the same. Hit. Yeah. I, it's like, what I the heck hit. happened? But it's like that's that's prime example of those camps. Like it's like really hard to find a quality camp that's mm-hmm. actually going to benefit you in the long run. Like yeah, if you want to go to a certain school, it's probably best you do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, right? They're not Come really going to take you. Let me reset this camera real quick. Okay. I think the other really funny story you brought up that one time is whenever you went to TCU. Was it the TCU showcase or camp or something like that? What happened? And <laughs> they they were they were doing velo from oh. throws across the field, but they didn't actually have a radar gun. They were just no. spitting out what they thought was the radar. Gu- they were just looking at your arm. I guess you were. I, this was at it was at Baylor. It was at Baylor. I thought it was at TCU. It might okay. have been TCU. One of the two was somewhere up north, and I went to the camp, and this guy. One once again, it was all like ex Baylor guys or guys that were just like current students there that were yeah. in the camp because they don't want to pay anybody else. Right. So we're there, and there are guys measuring the outfield, and the dude launched it, <laughs> like completely cleared the field, like just chunked the ball. Is this the one you're talking about? No, no, no. So I'm talking that happened at UTSA. That, that was at okay. I was gonna say that was at that, UTSA. I'm talking about the one where you had to take ground balls at shortstop. Yeah, you throw it to first base, and typically, like they get like the velo from yeah, yeah, shortstop yeah. to first base, like throw it right. Yeah, but they didn't have a radar gun, <laughs> and so they were just like, I briefly remember seventy five. I think I remember that was that that was at a that was at TCU. Was that, that TCU? Was at TCU. Yes, yeah, it was. At yeah. TCU, I remember. They were just guesstimating. They were guesstimating. Sure yeah, and I was like, this is a. And they were writing it down like they were serious. Mm-hmm. They're like, that was about 75. Yeah. All right, so 75. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. 
that's not even yeah. fair, bro. That's not, even, that's not doing anyone any justice, dude. Yeah. That's like, but, but the point is like, they, I don't think those are really that much anymore. Like, I don't think the showcases or yeah, the they camps? don't really have, I think they have camps, but now they're tailored more towards youth. Like they're truly just a summer. That's, camp, that's the which level is fine. that that's it what should, should be. Yes. You know, yeah. Hey, you get to talk to some of the players. Cool. Yeah, like, cool. you have know, fun, have fun. They have like a swimming pool party, whatever. And then you, <laughs> you, you go, party. you go back out and you go hit balls. That's what Dude, you do. That's like, you know, but see the, the other thing on that, man, like it's just like, so, so kind of just bringing it back. Like now, like when you watch these these showcases and stuff that kids are doing, they're all games. Mm-hmm. It's all game showcases. And that's how it should have been. For and that's what it's it's what it should have been should've because been that's a true tell on how mm-hmm. the kid's going to play, how he's going to perform, how he behaves, how he acts, like yeah. all of that. And it's just the games evolved so much. Where I wish it was this way when we were when we were playing because we would have had so much more opportunity, so much more opportunity. Yeah, that and yeah, I mean that that could literally change the to the the level of where your career goes. Yeah getting school paid for going yeah. and play a college ball, like all those op- opportunities open up for the guys that aren't freaks. Yeah. You know, okay, look, you're going to get, you're going to get found. If you're a freak, you're going to get found hundred percent. But for the guys that like, you know, they were good mm-hmm. and you know, probably like seven, 70, 80% of the time, like they had good games. Like mm-hmm. granted you got your every so often, like, you know, you're not throwing 95 miles per mm-hmm. hour, like, you know, from the left side. Right. But like, Hey, you know, you're a right-hander. We're throwing 88, you know, miles per hour right like for the guys that could have been good enough to get a college degree and their school paid for mm-hmm. the opportunity and the level of being able to actually get that when we were playing was so slim oh yeah it's so slim and it was just literally based off of like you engaging with the school to make sure that you, you actually get are you knowing somebody that can or are you that knowing somebody you? Dude, that's a big that's still i mean that's never gonna go away you right know somebody you're gonna go uh, of course of course but yeah the opportunity of like you're saying right now just to get seen you know and you know just with everything that's basically out nowadays to get seen and recruited is just way different. Yeah. So it's like, so if you, only that opportunity was there. So when, when you were, okay, again, bring it back to like your specialty, like when you were, when you were like going through and doing your workouts, right? What is, what is the one thing that you, like, I guess a couple of things that you wish you knew back then that you would, that you would implement to a strength training program now as you're going up and going through that recruiting process? Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch. There's yeah. just so much. <laughs> Um, there was no strength and conditioning program, yeah. you, know, you know, like I think the, the level of the extent of training was just running mm-hmm. <laughs> poles, poles. Yeah. Get you know, you're running in. poles, yeah. get your poles in, right. That's already been proven and effective by the way. Yeah. Get your poles in. That was it. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of weightlifting, it was, you know, don't weightlift sometimes. Dude. Right. Don't weightlift. Right. Cause it, I mean, you injure, you're going to hurt your shoulder if you're doing bench press if you know of course like mm-hmm. there's better strategic exercises to do but like it was like you got to be careful yeah no overhead uh, the uh, biggest thing i heard was no overhead press mm-hmm. nothing overhead mm-hmm. i was just like that's mm-hmm. the biggest lie you just do it correctly just do it correctly yeah um but that the level of the of the training that was being done was very sporadic you know i mean for us when we were training like at central and doing like our high school exercises it was like you know tricep extensions like skull crushers like, lifts. It was just bro lifts for the most part, maybe like a power clean here and there, a squat yeah. here and there. Um, but that was it. Yeah. You know, there was no power movements. There was no mobility, you know, no injury prevention, no plyos, you know, power movements. Like yeah. when I talk about power movements, I think like exploding movements, mm-hmm. explosive, like jump squats, you know, box jumps, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Yeah. Like um, focusing on those particular muscle groups for, right. you know, baseball players, right? You know, pitchers, you know, exploding, like when you're, 
you know, yeah. swinging a bat. Simulating explosive movements, which is like short, quick, quick twitch muscle movements. Right? 100%. Yeah. That did not exist. No. We didn't know. No. I don't think, in the same time, like, I don't know if like the studies were out that, you know. There were people, but see, like, here's the thing, like, like we did stuff know. like that with, with Phil and Alan over at Explosive Sports. Yeah. I think if you're extremely an expert level. Right. right. But that, that was, was it. But like the niche group of people that were doing that was, mm. you know, he was like the mm-hmm. only one in San Antonio mm-hmm. that was truly training, which is why he was so big at the time. Cause it was like every pro athlete or at least pro baseball player in San Antonio, mm-hmm. every aspiring college athlete was going to him yeah. because they were the only ones that were truly teaching them how to like, cause you can't just go to golds no. and do that. That equipment's no. not there for you to do that. You don't right. have bungee cords where you can do jumps mm-hmm. and hops and mm-hmm. hurdles and like isolated movement. Right. You can't do any of that at golds. And I didn't like really think to do those sorts of things. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if there was like a distinction or a difference or that I thought existed when it came no. to doing stuff like that. Like I was like, okay, well, like you're going to do some jump squats. Like, okay. What, like, how is that going to make you how's better? Gonna throw gas? How's that going to make you throw better? How's that going to make you swing better? Like I didn't, you know, like think about it. You didn't think about it. Like there was nothing out there to really show that it was like truly effective except the ones that were actually experts studying this mm-hmm. stuff. And again, like you said, very, very, very small amount of people, very small amount of people. Yeah. So like, Okay. But yeah, I mean, it was just so different in the sense that like we didn't prioritize weightlifting. No. We didn't prioritize strength training. We didn't prioritize mobility. And like I said, it just like get your poles in, Yeah, you know, make sure, Hey, run a mile or two, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the only time we weightlifted was on the off season. Yeah. You know, like it's perfectly safe to lift oh, during yeah. in season. In fact, it's actually recommended that you should just to keep, you know, body keep, safe, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Like that, that is injury prevention in itself, right? But of course you're not like maxing out and PRing on reps and like, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. But yeah. like, you know, it's still okay to yeah, just lift like weights, maintain, lifts, maintain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like there are certain periodization like levels to this thing yeah. that you can stick to that did not exist. <laughs> this was strictly off season. Yeah. And then once basically like the fall, like not season, but the fall kind of um, like games that we started to yeah. play mm-hmm. once that started, it's over. What happened it. to weightlifting? Oh, Stopped. dude! I mean, I went to I went to junior when I went to junior college. Like, I think, and this is what like was the most like shocking was even in college. Like when I went to when I went to go play college. Like, I won't name this. I mean, I've said what schools, but there I didn't go to a school that had a solid that had a true like strength conditioning program besides Incarnate Word. Obviously, the biggest the bigger school, but even then, like that strength program was all football based workouts. It was yep. it was like power clean bench press Mm -hmm. squat Mm -hmm. and then maybe like a couple accelerate like accessory things we're going to do on the side Mm -hmm. i enjoyed the fact that they truly taught us from the ground up how to do certain movements that are like considered like pretty like advanced like power Mm -hmm. cleans cleaning properly all that stuff is pretty important because it can can be freaking bad if you you know don't know how to do a clean you blow your shit out (laughs) break your body or collapse and i don't know it's obviously there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong with people don't know how to lift and they're doing stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's cool that they did that but like junior college non-existent Mm -mm. It was like here's a here's a weight room go do whatever you want yeah <laughs> and that's why okay. you go and take a look at the salaries of strength and conditioning specialists and coaches in college mm-hmm. at the division one level oh, look yeah. at their paycheck Somebody like has... how much they're paid oh yeah it's a lot different especially it's when you huge, go to like dude. major D one schools like but that's the other thing is like you go to like junior colleges or smaller schools like even like even St Mary's has a great like weight room mm-hmm. for the, but not for athletes It's for the general public. Mm-hmm. Like we as athletes don't have a field house at St. Mary's mm-hmm. and smaller schools don't. Mm-hmm. So there's like, why are we going to invest the money in a strength coach? If we can't even give them the true spot, like we'd have to rent out the, the, the activity center, whatever you want to call it. Right. 
and then we could use the weight rooms but this yeah the rec center but at the same time they're still like quote unquote civilians like working out in there it's like it's like yeah we can't like it's not even our true weight room you know what i'm saying it's just weird it's just not the same but like I had never, I hadn't been to a school. I still, besides like dudes that play, like I know, obviously I know guys that have played at like big schools. Like they have a true weight program. Mm-hmm. Like UTSA even has a true weight program, but mm-hmm. we didn't. I'm yeah. just like, why is that not like at all schools that should, if you have a collegiate program of anything, you should have a strength coach. Yeah. I mean, it's should. a big investment first and foremost, true. especially for the smaller schools. Like, you know, it's going to, it's a very, very big investment to have that level of facility as well as the coaches. Mm-hmm. So of course you'll see it at the top and it's trickling down. Mm-hmm. It's now trickling down. You'll see like, like I said, the high schools and stuff like that, they're investing a lot into strength and conditioning facilities as well as coaches because it is, it's, would, it's the most important part of being a good player and taking yeah. care of yourself at the same time. Yeah. I think even like trainers, bro, I think back in the trainers, we had bad. No, they were bad. It was we didn't like, have trainers. Like, I mean, really. we had a trainer. But like, you, oh, you mean like ATs? Like yes. athletic trainers? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same thing. And that, that was very, very... Well, there you was know, a there was a big thing recently about them about their pay, right? That kind of what came well, out. Well, that's the thing. I mean, well, that's that has always kind of been a thing, and I'm hoping that changes because with athletic trainers, they're not compensated fairly for the amount of work. Dude, I do. saw that. You guys were telling me about that one uh, y'all's, y'all's friend who does the stuff for the Red Sox, or is Crystal's friend mm-hmm. who does the the training for the mm-hmm. Red Sox and how much he gets paid? And I was like, that's a freaking slap in the face. Like, this is a Boston Red Sox, dude. This is like mm-hmm. the, a big club, and you actually get paid at the lower level too. You get <clears> paid it, more, like when you're working with like high school and stuff like that and you're just kind of contracted out and stuff like that they get paid you know decently it's Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say it's a whole lot it's decent um but yeah once you start getting to the professional level or collegiate at at collegiate level you're pretty much doing it for free yeah it's like no well they did i mean crystal did hers for free yeah they're doing it for free they'll just pay for like your master's or Mm -hmm. something like that which i mean okay they're paying for that cost them nothing right cost them nothing right it costs them nothing but yeah once you get to the professional level too then you're not getting paid a whole lot. I mean, you're getting like swag, you're getting drip, right? But you're paying for food, that you know, hotel, which is really great experience. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Great for your resume. Great for your resume. But like, what are you using that resume for? You're like, <laughs> you're at the top, buddy, and you're getting paid yeah. 35, 40K a year, which is hard to live with. Like, yeah. that's not a livable wage anymore, especially I mean, now. 10 years ago, probably was like borderline enough. Exactly. And so that's, that's something that I'm hoping is going to change soon. But I think again, people are coming to the realization mm-hmm. that these people are important. Yeah. Well, dude, they saw with, with Demar Hamlin, all that stuff that happened. How how like oh vital God. it is they to saved have those, his life. Yes, how vital it is to have those people. Yeah, I working. Mean, and the same thing happens, like you know, with catchers and like mm-hmm. when they get hit in the chest, or yeah. anybody in Concussions baseball and stuff like that gets hit yeah. in the chest, they'll have that same reactionism. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the same thing that happened to Demar Hamlin, that same thing is the most prominent in the sport of baseball. Because of guys getting hit in the chest in the baseball. Chest, yeah. Well, for a while, I remember. Well, they created so they did create Noxy, which is that pad that has right. to be in catchers that had to be chest. Yeah. And I remember for a while, <laughs> for a while they had those uh, for like uh, they're like undershirts, and they sold them. But I don't, obviously, they didn't sell well because they don't sell them anymore. Mm-hmm. It was like I don't even know the brand that made it, but it's like this this like compression shirt it looks like a dry fit shirt, and it's got a box right around <laughs> so if you get hit in the chest you're fine and my parents were always like but they don't need that right. yeah no there was a there was a there was a, uh, a buddy of mine in grade school like he just didn't want to get hit with the baseball and he got he one. one he but it was a compression but it had like abs that's what it is yeah it was like it had a big one here and then it had like, yeah like, yeah. A, like a football so that way you can take like balls out the chest and like not feel pain <laughs> his jersey was sticking out like 
like three like three inches. Like, he he looked like box chested. Dude's out there with his shoulder pads on. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean that's that's why it happens so often in baseball. Like that's why they had to develop that thing for catchers because it would happen to catchers. Mm-hmm. They blocking a baseball. Yeah, and what essentially happens is like you are hit in the chest. Uh, isn't it on the exact rhythm of your heartbeat? Uh, the exact rhythm of your heartbeat, like in between yeah. the beats of your heart. Yeah. And it'll stop your heart. Yeah. That's essentially what happened. Yeah, that, that's a whole... Mm-hmm. Everyone was speculating on what it was. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that's what it was. He got hit. He took the brunt hit. It's no different than anybody else. But... Yeah. He just took a hit, but it just happened to be at the exact the moment. And the exact, exact timing, exact placement. And yeah, if it wasn't for the trainers, athletic trainers that were and their, in place. And their response, yeah. Their and the response, response time. Yeah. That's exactly the story. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's going to trickle down. It's going they're going to start paying them, compensating them fairly, and then yeah, I think all these t- sorts of teams and everything they're going to start paying more for these guys because yeah. it's it's important, man. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I don't know, man. I think like, and this is something that we've you know I've talked to multiple people. I talked to Jason, the guy who created the kinetic arm, because yeah. he was a person that like you know as we talk into injury injury prevention, it's like you see now. And this is something, and I want your opinion because you are a strength, a strength professional. Like, you know, you see people now, like everyone's saying Tommy John is like a normal thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to happen to you, right? And mm-hmm. the same thing that Jason said was like, we've known this, this injury to happen. And we've known, like, we've, we've have all these, all this data showing like eventually a pitcher is going to need Tommy mm-hmm. John. Why no are we one, not doing anything to change it? Right. That's why he's like, I created, obviously we can't fix anything internally. He's like, so you got to create an external fix, which is what the kinetic arm is. Gotcha. Do you think that people are, tra- because people are training harder? and more at a younger age is that what's causing more injuries um not necessarily i think i think people should have their kids train young mm-hmm. um they're i mean i know some people are like oh well it's gonna stunt my growth no, that's a complete myth <laughs> that's that is not way of thinking and you know i may actually made a post on this the other day saying that you know you start your kids young on strength training they build confidence you know they build, you know, technique, form, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? Helps with coordination. Coordination, is, yeah. 100%, 100%. Very, very good for all different sorts of sports. Um, I don't think that starting young is bad. It's a complete myth that it stunts growth. But um, I think when it comes to, like, injuries like that and preventing them, um, it could be a level of overtraining that could mm-hmm. definitely be affecting these players the same way it affected us, right? I yeah. think especially for you know, with our, our realm of time that we were playing and, you know, pitching so often, throwing so ho- yeah. often, you are also taking into account the level of expertise that some of these players have had in terms of learning proper form to mm-hmm. throw a baseball. Yeah. And sometimes like when that teaching and expertise is not present, you start overcompensating a lot. Yeah. Especially if you're not recovering, you are overthrowing with mm-hmm. your arm, you're, you know, essentially overdoing it right right you're overtraining you're overthrowing you start to utilize other parts of your arm essentially to make up for the fact that you are not throwing as hard and if you're doing it so often what tends to happen is what you start to overcompensate with the arm you end up having tommy john and so yeah that's why i'm saying like with the level of expertise and knowledge that people would have when it comes to recovery mobility all those sorts of things i think you can really limit the amount of people having tommy john surgery if their training is actually, you know, really good. Yeah. Like they, you can really prevent that. Um, I think the kinetic arm is a great, you know, sort of idea in terms of limiting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, it comes down to the injury prevention. It comes down to the training and of course the recovery process. How well with the, yeah. How well you're taking care of your body. How well you're taking care of your body. hundred percent. 
I think, I mean, cause that's like, you know, nowadays you see like, there's a lot of kids cause like, and, and this is the other thing that I, I, I bring it up is because like, and you may not have the special like data or like know all this stuff, but like the average fastball, like when we were in high school, like remember 90 was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was like, if you threw 90, it was like, oh my God. That's like, what I, when, when I threw, it. when I threw 88, you're like, oh my God, I was ecstatic. Dude, I know. That's like when I, when I hit my first 90 in junior college, I was like, I've made it. Like, this is, this is it. I'm going to go play pro ball. <laughs> I, I did it. I did it. That's it. I've, I've, I've lived everything I needed to do. But no, nowadays, bro, like even like then I was so, I was so out of touch. Like, obviously I know what I know now because I've just made so many connections to mm-hmm. know like what it takes to truly get to that point and stay up there. Like where these guys are playing in the big leagues, mm-hmm. like 90 is just like, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter anymore. You can throw 90 and no one gives a shit. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. It's like, that's like 83 now. Mm-hmm. Cause now the average fastball, like, and I looked it up. I, I mean, I have the data. I looked, I looked it up for when I was talking to Jason, the average fastball in 2013 was 94 and 94.7 okay. was the average fastball. If you look at it, the average fastball today, it's 97.7. That's insane. That's the average major league fastball yeah. from a starter yeah. is 97. So you can see that the, like we're obsessed with throwing really hard, which I think is like cool. But now like there's a lot of guys that aren't so, I guess, educated in what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. just like, I can teach you to throw really hard by throwing these weight balls or mm-hmm. we can go mm-hmm. bro lift for an hour. Like I'm not, it's none of the places luckily I've been around that do that because mm-hmm. you know, like at Genesis where they're, you have like Esteban and Gabe who Gabe is like super studied on all this stuff and he's looked it up and he's gone to like all these, he's, he's knows what he's doing, throwing and taking care of guys' arms. Mm-hmm. And Esteban has been around a gym and has worked with Phil. He's worked with all these guys who know injury prevention, know like specific strength training to make sure these guys are going right. to stay healthy. But there's some other places I've seen, like Instagram. My God, there's some people on there, dude, that I'm just like, mm-hmm. you're going to destroy yeah. someone's career, bro. This is not There's good. a huge emphasis on throwing hard. Yeah, that's all it is. It's a huge emphasis on throwing hard, throwing fast. But you see it, you see it, but you see the same thing with like fitness stuff, like guys that are trying to get really big, really fast. Yeah. It's like people are obsessed with instant gratification. So you got guys going to like, obviously taking stuff that they probably shouldn't be taking to get right. to this point. And that comes with health risks. It comes with injury. It mm-hmm. comes with like all that. Same with baseball. You know, I'm going to go to this place over the summer and I'm going to throw these balls as hard as I can for an entire two months. Yeah, you're, you'll come out throwing harder, but you're probably going to come out feeling like garbage because your right. arm is hanging. Yeah. And that's that's the problem, right? It's like there's no longer like to a certain extent, I think with the average numbers increasing, not only is like the studies and everything that's happening in terms of the training to increase velo has gotten better. Mm-hmm. So obviously velo will get better. But the problem with that is for people that aren't educated or ex- ex- experts in the field of actually taking care of your arm and increasing velo, you have a lot of kids overcompensating mm-hmm. with their arm, yeah. leading to injury. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially like it, there's such a huge emphasis on having really high velo. You know, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I, for, I know for yeah. both of us, we were all trying to throw as hard yeah, as possible. That was it, yeah. What happened to your elbow? What happened yeah, to my shoulder? Yeah, just gave out. Yeah. You know, and we weren't trying, we weren't taking care of our bodies. We weren't, we just no. weren't doing that. No. And so, you know, so you have some people that are essentially doing that, you know, training properly, increasing below, but then at the same time, you know, you got some of these kids, some of these guys overcompensating, yeah. trying to increase, trying to overcompensate with their arms and different yeah. parts of their bodies and stuff. And they blow it out. Yeah. You know, they just blow out their arm. <laughs> and explodes. so, yeah, explode their arm and then yeah. they're done, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's something that is it has to be baby steps just like anything else. Like yeah. if you're going to go and train for these things and if you're going to focus on increasing velo, you can't just within a summer, <laughs> two months in, yeah. throw as hard as you can after like picking up a weighted ball and throwing anything against yeah. the wall. No. You know? There's got to be some sort of level of technique to it. Yeah. There's all levels, you know, and it takes time. 
It yeah. takes time and it takes patience. Yeah. Well, you see, you see a lot of guys get obsessed because they want to get all big and muscly, mm-hmm. and that's great. But like, you look at great pitchers like Garrett Cole, dude. That dude has never had a not kidding, never had an arm injury, <laughs> dude. But he, but he doesn't really look like he's anything spectacular. Yeah. But you can tell that it's that guy technique. is extremely meticulous about mm-hmm. his like training program, his his mechanics, like his pregame, his postgame, like all of it is so detailed. But like the thing is, like people are like, "Oh, if I get really big and strong, I'll throw really fast." It's like, no, yeah. dude. Like, look at half the people who play in the big leagues. Like, they're just like, they're specific to what they're training for. They're not training for a yeah. look or a physique. And I think a really good person to look at, and I'm sure people know, like Eric Cressy. Like, yeah. Look dude. at where he started and where he's at now. Yeah. He like tripled the size of his facility mm-hmm. and the coaches that he has under him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I haven't looked at him recently, but I I'm either. I, I'm pretty sure that his shit is blowing yeah. up. Oh yeah. Like it's, I mean, he's like the number one guy to go to besides, well now driveline is a big one because they're big in biomechanics, but well, I think that just proves my point. Yeah. There's more people coming yeah. out now, right? There's yeah. more experts. There's more people. Mm-hmm. Cressy's growing, like blew up. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, all these sorts of people because it's so, 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 so important. Yeah. It's so freaking important. But Cressy was doing, man, Cressy's been doing it since like 2004. Yeah. Five. He was, he's been doing it for a really, really he long was, time. He was in our CSCS book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, so he's well out there. His his articles and stuff are crazy. Yeah, yeah. All different he's, sorts of studies, research. Thing. Like, yeah, he he was way way ahead of our time. <laughs> but yeah, no one was. really like knew of him. Like, I mean, there wasn't like social media to see like what he was up to. You know, no, like yeah. you know, that was, this was just like a name that was thrown around. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You just kind of go back to what you're actually doing, right? Like, you go you go for summer and then you go back and it's kind of like yeah, yeah. It dies out. Yeah, it kind of dies out. The, we don't really focus it on anymore. You know, we go right back to what mom and dad are telling you. Hey, we got to play games. You got to throw that's all, yeah, 40 that's pitches all, yeah. every day. Hey, go throw. Yeah, you need a pitch. Hey, I need Long toss today. today. Long dude. toss. That's the, dude, the other thing was coaching back in the day was not where it is now. Like, man, back in the day, like, you know, I guess Biggio was probably a rare species of an actual baseball player coach. Mm-hmm. Like, played mm-hmm. at a big, big level and, like, went back right. to coach. Obviously, because his kid was there. It was very obvious why he was coaching there. It wasn't yeah, like rocket science, but... Like nowadays, like we have Danny Heap at Central, like Danny Heap coached in Crown mm-hmm. for X amount of years. And mm-hmm. at Antonian, they have Colin Back. Colin Back was like a massive influence at O'Connor, coached there for so many mm-hmm. years. And everyone knows who he is. He's like established in San Antonio and like coached multiple guys who now play pro or like play big time. Mm-hmm. Like he, he knows baseball. He's been there for a long enough time, right? Like those coaches were not there when mm-hmm. we were playing baseball. But mm-hmm. like th- that, that just didn't exist. It was kind of just like, uh, like, like oh well like i play baseball you can go <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that's it. what it was dude it was like it's it's nuts like nowadays you have coaches like true like co- coaches that'll like help you go out and play college ball mm-hmm. now like they have all the connections you could possibly need yeah that didn't yeah. exist we did not have that no we had you know missed we missed a bucket of balls and we were running the outfield with, with the equipment or that one time we ran out there we weren't even dressed yet like shit like that you're just like yeah this how is this helping us this is not this is not college this is not going to help me do anything later mm-hmm. do you remember that we had to he didn't we didn't dress fast enough so i was running in like no <laughs> no socks and i slide no shirt on i was just running around there you just had there's, slider pants there was a freaking highway there were people driving by watching us run all butt ass naked yeah literally to the fence like just doing like, push-ups doing squats dude i swear to god it's yeah. not even it's not even close to but yeah. yeah, I mean, if I knew the things that I knew now, it would be I would have been a completely different ball player. Yeah, like it's not even funny. I think for for you know some of the like parents that watch, or I guess like you know yeah. some of the uh, players that listen, you know, to this podcast, like I think I don't think there's anything more important than actually investing in a really, really, really good coach, mm-hmm. a really good strength and conditioning coach. At that, yeah. is yeah. what I mean. Um, yeah, I think that's that's literally. Like so much can change from oh, just yeah. working with the well, really, really 
you know, yeah, you look at like, there's a, there's a big separation. Like you can look at high school kid. Like, it's funny. Cause I talk about that kid, Max Clark got drafted three mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. And like, I look at him. Right. And then you look at some of the kids, like when you used to post videos of him playing against like other high school kids mm-hmm. when he was in high school, which is just like talking to him and like, and like listening to him talk and like how he behaves and acts like he is like a freak, mm-hmm. but you can tell he works out, takes care of his body. He eats right. Like right. it's like, a night and day difference against some of the like you look at him in the box and the pitcher who looks like a string bean yeah who looks like he's never touched a weight who's never trained mm-hmm. like he's just kind of like i can throw decently hard so i'm gonna play baseball right dude like you look at max clark and then look at some of these other kids you're just like what the, how is this kid in high school yeah because there's it's a still it's still such a big separation of kids who actually know what they're doing mm-hmm. versus the ones that don't or have like advisors and like scouts telling them hey you should do xyz to make sure that you're ready for this like right. they don't, a lot of kids don't have that mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's nuts dude it's nuts because he's a freak yeah he looks like a freaking grown-ass adult mm. with a baby face yeah i mean that's that level of training that level of you know if you want to get to that next level it's it's definitely something that needs to be done especially as well as with like you know working with a nutritionist dietitian yeah. making sure nutrition's on point recovery is on point it costs a lot of money to do that though it is it does cost a lot of money 100 percent um but like i said it's worth the investment if that's something you want to take serious yeah man i mean that's that's just the way it goes that's the way it goes um and if not like do the research take the time you know would would you ever go into a coaching athletes like that in the strength world like that or would you is that something you ever thought about doing um I know you worked with a quarterback for a while for that was supposed to be a big time D one prospect. He 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 went D one. Oh, he so did. Where'd he already signed. Oh, um, nice. I will tell you because he was concussed for a while. He was pretty busted up. Yeah, he was day. real. He was real small. Um, <laughs> he was real small. Uh, let's see. He ended up going to. Let's see. So he went to Warren High School. Yeah, I knew he went to Warren. What um, was his name? Antonio. Antonio. Let's see. He went to Louisiana. Was playing with some pro guys there. Man, I don't remember which which college he went to, but he did go D one. I think he went to a college in Louisiana. It was a smaller D one. It was a smaller D one. Like Lafayette or something, or Northwestern, something like that. Probably. Mm, it wasn't Lafayette. No, it was something else. Um, I don't. Know. <laughs> but yeah, essentially. Yeah, I worked with him for a little bit. I, I think like early on in my career, I, I, I thought that maybe that would be a route for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like just based off my expertise, I didn't really have anything to bring to the table in terms of like being in the collegiate setting and those sorts of things. So I was like, you know, um, I know the level of training for an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what it takes. I know what sort of things they need to do. Um, but just within the collegiate sense and what they needed, I didn't feel like it would be like, best for me to teach other you know pro athlete or collegiate pro, athlete pro collegiate, athletes, yeah 100 percent. um i mean yeah the same shit applies right like you still have to do the basics and learn those sorts of things which is basically what we focus on with antonio um but that just it wasn't my area of expertise and so i just kind of transitioned to like helping general population people train like athletes yeah. instead or yeah. have the mentality of training like an athlete mm-hmm. right maybe acquiring the same tools maybe those people were athletes in the past, maybe they weren't, but just kind of translating those sorts of principles over to what they were doing in the gym right. to help them stay safe, you know, exercise, eat right, those sorts of things, you know, but yeah, that was level of change for that. So you don't want to go get athletes get jacked, bro? No. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not in the cards, man. I don't know. I, I think it's a really like niche person who like, who can do that. I don't, I don't think I can do it either. It's like, 
like I, I always use that guy coach Feld as like an example because it's like dude that guy like coach he Feld. is he's like like to be able like I know he gets paid handsomely right but you got to be there before the guys meaning if you have like a 5 a.m workout you gotta be there at four o'clock and then like you got to be there for all the games and shit even if you're not like obviously you're a strength coach but you still travel with the football team mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that one guy that really buff guy what's that guy bro they play at every football northwestern season. is that where he's from yeah. that really big jack dude yeah, who's like northwestern slamming his head on stuff and like doing yeah, shit in the northwestern street <laughs> <laughs> that guy's funny as hell but like just like stuff like that bro like that's it's such a taxing job it's like you're traveling with all the teams you have to be there you're gone two-thirds of the year exactly dude that's a tough that's a, i mean that's the same thing with like coaching i mean it's a it's a really unique gig for somebody mm-hmm. if you have if like you truly love it like it's a great deal i mean you're at the field you have to be there you have to manage the field you manage your players you have to be constantly recruiting it's yeah. like dude like and if guys on the roster are getting injured constantly that's bad on you oh yeah it's on you yeah that's all on you so like that's also why i would be like i'm making sure these kids are like okay yeah that's why i remember like i was i think i don't remember which game it was but like um i think texas was playing or i don't know i don't know if it was actually texas or a different uh, college but in one game like five or six people got injured and the first question is like, dude, what, what the, what the hell is a strength and conditioning coach doing over there, man? These guys are getting injured like crazy, <laughs> you know, tweaking an ankle, tweaking a knee yeah, and, she, and, yeah. and that sort of training prevents those injuries. Mm-hmm. Like that m- mobility or the proprioception, like plyos, all that sort of stuff, like that calisthenics, you know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things like prevent strains, sprains, those sorts of things on the ankles, knees, arms, you know, it's all that sort of stuff that's, that's you know, improve like the tendons in your muscles mm-hmm. literally strengthen, yeah. strengthen and get stronger. You know, it, you're able to take more impact essentially. Yeah. Well, so uh, that's I, the first question. I, that guy probably got fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it was, if it was at UT or if it was a different school, but I just remember watching one game and I like, that was my first thought. Like six guys yeah. got injured, like right off the bat. I'm like, dude, what the hell? I can understand if it's maybe late in the season and people are just sure. worn down. Maybe, sure. But ACL, yeah. you know, something like they get tackled or whatever. Yeah, you know? Something could happen. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, but like, that's when your body's absolutely broken. Mm-hmm. The other thing that dude, what I'm shocked at, like, honestly, like knowing no, like, I won't say anything, but like, the more pro guys that I've met, like the amount of players that are playing hurt or broken or like not, obviously you're not going to, especially with baseball. Like I talk mm. baseball because it's like you're playing every day and sometimes you'll get like one to two days off. But I'm just like, like the amount of things that I've heard, I've seen, I'm just like, dude, like where, where, why are we not taking care of these athletes, man? Like, well, that's the other thing. That's a whole other conversation. I mean, think about when we're playing yeah. and you tell your coach, Hey coach, my arms hurt. Yeah. Well, what's scary about that one is like, I understand why guys are staying out there because like you could come out, get hurt. And then like the thing that sucks is like, there's probably four more guys. You never go back in. You may never make it back. I get that. Yeah. So I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, this is like, if you put the guy out there to start and he started a whole year and maybe started a like part of this year, I'm like, wouldn't you want him to be healthy? Like mm-hmm. you obviously have seen him perform. You've seen these guys perform at their absolute peak. Yeah. Would you not be taking into account everything to like, which is why they talked about shortening the MLB season and all that stuff. All that 100%. stuff came out. Cause yeah. it's like, dude, it's a lot, Yeah, a lot. Like there's like, there were just, did an article the other day about like four or five Braves guys that haven't missed a game this year. Yeah. And I'm like, how is your body feeling? <laughs> like, not good. It cannot be good. Not good. I mean, yeah. that, that all leads to like them taking pills and you know, all these sorts of medic. That's a whole other different conversation. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it also is very instilled at a young age to like not come out. To yeah. not come out, mm-hmm. right? It's like if you're injured, like you do not want to tell coach that no. you're injured. And if you do, you just basically look like. I think it's a little different now. Lazy or whatever. It's a little bit different now. That's, yeah, it the should be. changed a little bit. But 
that's why my arm was always so you know fucked up when I was younger is because I was like I can't tell anyone that my arm hurts. Like if mm-hmm. I did, my dad was like, "I'd be fine." Yeah, just, just put some ice on it. Yeah, coach, like, coach tells you like, "Hey, no, like he just doesn't want to be out here." Yeah, it's like, oh, you just don't have no drive. I'm like, no, dude, my arm feels like it's like mm-hmm. somebody stabbing it like over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Like, every time I throw a ball, I feel like someone's just stabbing my arm. And the only thing that we really knew what to do was rest. Yeah. Rather than yeah. actually do the mobility to prevent that from happening ever again. Dude, like, I mean, shit, dude, I told you, like, the pregame stuff that I learned, like, to make sure that I was actually loose. Pre-game, we didn't pre-game. even do that, bro. We just went out there. Are you ready? Here, go, yeah. And start throwing. It's yeah. like, that's not even how you, like, I. I I learned like that before you throw, like every time I've caught these guys that throw bullpens, like if, it takes 45 minutes before they even pick up a baseball because they're running, they're rolling, they're, they're using bands, Everything. they're yeah. doing plyos and on top of the plyos and they want to throw with like four specialty balls and then they get a baseball. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Why did no one teach me this? That's the thing. It just, that's the studies, the coaches, all that sort of stuff just was not no, dude, available. It did not exist. It didn't exist. Right. So. Yeah, it's huge. It's a big difference now, which is good, which is good. I mean, I'm glad that's changed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for us, you know, early on, I really wish it, it was more involved then, you know, but you can't really blame it on that either. You know, it's like, I mean, you can, you can't. It's like, you don't want to use it as an excuse. You don't want to use yeah. it as an excuse. Yeah. But it is it is. to be fair, it greatly hinders your ability to perform at the highest level. Yeah, it so, does. So as we wrap it up here, as we're going to the end, what are your top three things to give advice to give to guys that are about to, that are trying to play collegiate or try to be the best athlete they can? What are the, the top three things? I know you said there's a lot. Yeah, your top three. Top three, number one, invest in a really good coach. Yeah. Do your research, invest in a coach, strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Um, get proper tools and skills to effectively train at the highest level so that way you prevent injury and actually get good, you know, feedback from you know, your training program, yeah. right? Number two is nutrition. So completely underrated. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's, that's a, I think that's probably the, the biggest, if not. Mm-hmm. You can't eat like crap. If you eat like yeah. crap, you'll feel like crap. Yeah. Perform like crap. Perform like crap. Yeah. Nutrition. Got to invest in some sort of research or getting an actual dietitian or yeah. nutritionist, mm-hmm. you know, sports nutritionist. Yeah. They're out there. They're, They're definitely out there. out there. Yeah. They're out there. Or yeah, just again, do your research and see what kind of pages are out there. And, and, and I, don't, I know that social media is available, but like just getting some tips from online, you know, just do there's, so, there's so much free information out there for kids to look at. Like there's yeah. so much information. So yeah. Much. I think the third thing I would say is work ethic. And I know that's like kind of like cliche. Oh it's yeah. You got to work hard. Um, but I think it comes down to, you know, when I talk about myself and like what I did, like consistently showing up mm-hmm. and I like the phrase, it's better to be, uh, occasion. Um, it's better, it's better to be consistently good rather than occasionally great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just keep showing up mm-hmm. as long as you don't quit, as long as you, you know, don't put yourself in a place that you, where you want to quit, like the work ethic and the mentality place behind that. If you keep showing up and you don't quit, like you're going to be good. Oh yeah. You're going to be good and you'll see the results come from that, you know? Um, But yeah, I think I'm a huge believer in investing in not only Mm self-knowledge, but just the skills. Yeah. Investing in yourself is like something I wish I would have done, you know, early on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like the thing, like, like just to touch on your point, like the coming every day, like the thing that I've, I've talked to, like, and I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard it from like Mm -hmm. multiple big leaders we talked to, like, Mm -hmm. it's not even about like you being like the best player every single day. It's like, as long as you're like there, 
and you're locked in yep. and you're paying attention, mm-hmm. that separates you because it's like, it's a long season. And I was talking about baseball, but it applies to all sports. It's like not every day is going to be fun. Not yep. every day is going to be like a blast. Like you're having a great time. Like some days are going to really suck that's, and that's you don't exactly... want to be there and you don't want to show up. But it's like, dude, like that's like the biggest, I've, you know, I talked to a buddy of mine, Noah, who played minor league ball for a while. He's like, the biggest mistake was that I didn't, I didn't show up like every day. Yep. I was there. Like, but I wasn't invested. I wasn't like, I didn't have the right headspace. Like, right. I was not there. Mm-hmm. And that's like the number one thing is like work ethic, like show up every day, like, and actually like try every day, try. Like, give an effort. Yeah. That's where that's the separation. That's yeah, exactly. And then you'll realize like over time it'll slowly just, you know, you'll mm-hmm. get better and better and better. And you're going to have days that are going to suck and you're going <laughs> to be bad on the field. You're yeah. going to be bad. You know, your training session is going to suck, whatever yeah. it might be. But like, again, just yeah. the work ethic. If you just show up and just, like I said, it's cliche, just trying your best. Like it, yeah, it, it's it crazy how much of a difference that makes just continuously showing up and actually just trying your best i feel that well all right man we've we're reaching the end we're about an hour 12 so like <laughs> so give the people your social like what like your your website your social plot so they can check you out and see what's up yeah uh a trevino strength is my um we'll have it in the bio too so. handle it's pretty much on everything yeah um i'm pretty prominent on on facebook and, and instagram Everywhere else, you know, I, yeah. I have a LinkedIn. LinkedIn's cool. Yeah, yeah LinkedIn's whatever. It is. Yeah, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook—that's pretty much where I'm most prominent. Yeah, so. a lot of good information coming out of that. So, yeah, guys, uh, like I said, Adam's a strength coach here. So if you're in San Antonio area, I mean, you can hit him up. We're always at Crunch or some gym. You might see him around. But, but yeah, guys, <laughs> thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be sure to catch you guys in the next one. Thanks, Thanks guys. Done, bitch.